Last time on Half for the Heroes, the group debated on their course of action before heading further down into the Underdark, following the path seemingly to the Elder Brain. The refundables found the weather orbs being used as keys to prop open a heavy steel door and reclaimed them before stepping into a large cavern with a brine pool and three mind flayers, one of which was currently working on a lock against the back wall while the other two were trying to buy them some time. We get into this episode right away with some combat. No, I'll just go ahead and do my thing. Then, all right, do your do your thing, Ubo. So, Ubo, so you are up first in initiative. I have a question, recruit, Mister DM. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It says I have a. I can summon a frost elemental. Does that count as my full action? Uh, that will be an action to summon that, and then it lasts for like ten minutes or something like that. Fuck it. I'm gonna. Uh, cast ice dragon on these no no change my mind i'm gonna summon this frost elemental and send them out there at these boys with my freedy can i cast bless real quick on everybody or do i have to wait till my turn no that'll be during your turn hold up up. so sean go ahead and pull up the stats for an afridi and if you want you can oh wait no i actually control the afridi don't yeah you do it like does like what i like but can i use some grease for like some Sean's sending out like a fucking yeah. army, dude. Dude, we never use Grease. Grease is there, and Grease has some bonus actions he That's can do. He can, like, shoot shit for a bonus action. Oh, yeah, my turn, turret attack. So, I'm gonna go for the one in red. Fuck it. I'm gonna send all three of my... The one that's currently working on the last lock? Well, you control the Afridi, but uh, the other two attacks I'm gonna send towards the red guy. Okay, so Grease shoots off this bolt at the uh, Mind Flare in all red, but with an 11, it's going to just go high above its head. Holy shit, Ice Elemental has 126 HP? Fuck yeah. So I get to control this thing? Yeah, you control that thing. Uh, So obviously it can, oh wow. (laughs) It's got a frozen aura. It can icy walk. It's got an icy death. I'm gonna hit him with the icy death. Oh. Well, that's only when you die. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit him with the slam. Okay, so you're going to go up to the red one, right? Mm-hmm. So you summon this big ice elemental and it charges 2d8 plus 4. Ten. Ten. Dang. There you go. There you go, man. I'll see that hits. Slut it. Slut it. Yeah. And we're all second one. Do I? Are you sure about that? Well, don't question. Just, just take your two yeah, attacks. Why don't you, why don't you question uh, that? I don't man? know. <laughs> I don't want to see it. Yeah, it's got multi attack. Huh. Uh, that one. The second attack's just gonna miss. So it raises up its two big icy fist. Left hand comes down, smashes on this red uh, mind flare that's trying to work on this lap block. Uh, the right hand comes down, but just misses it. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go take a piss. Wait, no, I'm not done. I want to hear what my Afridi does. Um, so the Afridi is going to see these three mind flayers. Can make two scimitar attacks or use its hurl flame twice. I think for the moment, it's going to stay kind of back in the entrance to this room. And it's going to throw a hurl flame at both 
red and purple, the two mind flares that are closest to the front. And that is going to be a 13 and a 9. Okay, what is going up with this Afridi, Sean? Ubo, you summon the bad Afridi. Because both the both the flames are going to go right above these mind flares. <laughs> oh, what can, I, what can I say? What can I say? I'm not a, you can't all hit a home run every time. Next up is then going to be... It's Clyde. Clyde. So the scene is that there is an Afridi hurling fireballs at the, the front two purple and blue uh, mind flares, but doing very badly. And there's an ice elemental in the back of the room attacking the red mind flare. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to blow the horn of Valhalla. So roll 2d4 plus 2. 7. Ooh. Holy shit. <laughs> Wait, how, how big is the room? Because they spawn 60 feet away from me. It's a pretty large room. It is probably about a 60-foot room. But we read the the horn of Valhalla real quick. Uh, you can use the action below to blow this horn in response to warrior spirits from the Valhalla Reaper or appear with, within 60 feet of you. They use the stats of a berserker. They return to Valhalla after one hour or when they drop to zero hit points. Once you use the horn, it can't be used again for seven days. <laughs> Okay. Um, That's a long time in a battle. They're medium humanoids. Oh, wow. They're they're not that great. They're not bad. I was trying... They're not bad, but they're not great. I was... I, I want to, just for the sake of everybody, us four, or us five and the audience, um, to try to... I want to try to get it, like, into a swarm... So that it's like a one roll that you do, and it's like all of them swarming on a creature. That'd be cool. Mm, that would be cool. So like, a berserker is plus five to hit a d twelve plus three. Johnny, how about we do a plus? How about we do a plus ten to hit? Okay. And it is if they do hit, it is. 3d12 plus 5. So that way they've got a better chance of hitting overall. And if they do, it does more damage. And I think that would balance out from, I agree. you know, all these different Your individuals. Some I missing, agree. some yeah. hitting, and some doing 1d12. And instead just doing a 3d12. Yeah, so 1d20 plus 10 yes. to attack for all 7. 3d12 plus 5 for damage. Yes. Yeah, and it's just like all, right. all seven of them swarming on something and if it misses somehow, somehow. Oh shit. Well, so you rolled a 16 plus 10, a 26. That's going to 26. Gonna which one are yeah. you sending them after? Uh, which one was hit first, the red one? The oh, No, I'm wasting them to the closest one, I think the purple one. Yeah, the, the purple, purple and blue are kind of shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, that guy in purple's pissing me off. Well, the guy in purple is about to get sworn by seven of these berserkers that you summoned from fucking Valhalla. <laughs> uh, and roll 3d12 plus five. That sounds badass. Eh. 28. Almost a perfect nat 12. And then I, I have a question for my next mm-hmm. attack. So I'm on a ceiling with my spidey flops, right? Mm-hmm. If I was to, you know, cast Darren's instant fortress, would that 
attached to the ceiling or just fall? Fortress. Probably on the ground, I'd say. Who's Darren's? He's the Darren's? guy that makes his beer. Darren. <laughs> Darren, man. Don't you know Darren? That's Daryl's half cousin. I think you would be putting it on the ceiling and it would be like exploding outward. However, it says every creature in the area would make a um, deck saving throw or take 10d10 bludgeoning damage. So I think that would involve everybody. So Uh, scratch, scratch that. So I'm going to, I'm going to go step. And then, so that's my second charge. Uh, My daddy appears on the ceiling with me because he's a ghost. He can do that. I hand him the jar of bees. I'm going to make my gallon of honey and I'm going to th- aim it towards the purple one. How close is the blue robes to? Uh, I mean, they're kind of shoulder to shoulder. All right. So I'm going to aim at the pr- guy in purple robes, but, you know, it might hit the blue robes too. <laughs> and then I'm going to have him. No, wait. I'm going to save that one. I'm going to save that one. But I'm still ghost stepping, though. I'm just going to throw one of my necklace fireballs at it. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. All right. Uh, so they will both need to make uh, deck saving throws against the fireball. Nobody else is up on these two. No. Well, that was an 18 and an 8. So I'm guessing one probably saves and will take half damage. So fireball is, of course, uh, 8d6. We'll say that the purple one failed. 24. So the purple one uh, tries to dodge out of the way, but it's pretty distracted by all these goddamn berserkers attacking it. Um, so would the blue one take half? Yeah, so, well, that one takes the full damage. The yellow one will take half the damage. Um, 12 damage. As it is able to uh, mostly dodge out of the way before it is uh, consumed by this uh, fireball. And then... We will now go to all the tracks. And then Merlin, you were up next okay. before the Mind Flayers finally get to do anything. <laughs> if they're still kicking. Okay. So. By the way, just in case we don't get to it, um, because I like naming things after patrons, the purple Mind Flayer is named John, the blue one is named Sash, and the red one is named Rob. Just so that. Why, why you had the name of Mind Flayer Sash? Like, now we have to kill Sash. Now you're... Well, you've got to kill... Z- well, one Zoltar, one Sash, and one is P- Power Helm. So, how far how far away is Sash, the blue one, from us right now? Uh, blue and purple are only about uh, 20 to 30 feet away from the entrance to this room. Okay. Because they were the ones... They're the ones that are side by side, like, trying to hold you all back. Okay. So, this is all going to be in, like, one swift action here okay so as i'm running through the door i pull out my sword and i yell hot tamales and then my sword catches on fire uh when i get 10 feet up so there he's about 10 feet away from me i'm gonna cast vow of enmity on sash the blue one and i don't know if that's like a like a, a roll for casting or if that just automatically hits him it's my channel divinity bonus action it just says you choose a creature within 10 feet and you gain advantage on attack rolls for one minute or until they drop. Oh, yeah. So HP. you just will get that. Okay. So I cast that on him. And then as I get close, I'm going to jump in the air and I'm going to cast Divine Smite on him. Oh, fuck me. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I'm blue. So. And you'll have advantage on the attack yeah, roll. Yeah, advantage on the attack roll. So I, here, I'm just gonna roll. I'm, I'm just gonna roll to hit real quick so we get that out of the way. Yep. With advantage. Well, even without advantage, I think that would hit. You rolled a ten. I'm sure yeah. your plus is. What's your plus? What 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 is the plus from? Uh, it, plus it'll attack. be like your plus to hit with your weapon. Oh, it's plus nine. Shit. Plus yeah, nine. So Nineteen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 19 uh, more than hits this thing, yes. So, with that being said, Divine Smite is 2d8. Oh, hang on. And that's an additional 2d8. Okay, hang on. Yeah, so you have to roll your damage and then plus 2d8. Okay, so. What? Holy shit. I, I have never known this about Paladins before. By the 11th level, you are so suffused with righteous might that all of your melee weapon strikes carry divine power with them. Whenever you hit a creature with melee weapon, the creature takes an additional 1d8 radiant damage. Yes. So, so that plus you casting divine smite is going to be your weapon attack plus 3d8? Plus, I don't if I can choose this because it says for each level... Uh, the damage or the target takes a 1d8 plus additional damage for each spell level higher than the first with a max of five. So, so if that's I cast up this to however four, many you that's the max I could go. Yeah, so you got to think of how high of spell level you want to do. I'm casting at fourth level. So we're talking <laughs> 4d8 plus 2d8, 5d8 plus 1d6d8 plus the one, yeah, plus the 1d8 for improved divine smite. So yeah, I think that's sixty-eight total. No, 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 four, five. That's seventy. Seventy-eight. Okay. Seventy-eight. So, yeah. Not even counting your weapon damage. This is blue. You're attacking. Yeah, yeah. This is blue. I'm attacking. So they're slashing for the great sword <laughs> slash with the. Oh fuck! I forgot your sword's also fucking on fire. Yeah. Um, so fourteen slashing plus, um, <laughs> plus eight. Um. Listen, dude. This is my one attack too. I still have a second <laughs> yeah, attack. Dude. So, Paladins don't get a ton of spell slots like uh, other classes do. Yeah. However, when they do use them, they really fucking use them. So, so that's 14 seven. plus 8. I don't know why your sword is saying 8 and 2, like 8. I have no idea. I'm guessing it's 8 because it says while flaming. And the 2 is probably if it's just normal. Yeah, okay, so we'll do 14 plus 8 regular ass damage. So 22. Which is, of course, uh, 22. And then 78 is an additional 30 damage. Oh, dude. So I just did 52. Describe what it looks like when you chop this one down nearly in just one hit. Oh, dude. So, like I said, dude, I'm sprinting at him the whole time. He didn't last oh, long. Sash. I, f- I pull out my sword, cast Hot Tamale, leap in the air, cast Valvimity at him. And as I come down, just one fell sweep, shoulder straight through the side, just a, a, a blaze of flames right down the front. Damn, bro. Damn, bro. That Wait, did you kill Sash? Yeah, I killed Sash. That, and John? Not yet. No, just Sash. That's just Sash. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. That's not yet. It cut him in two right there and there, and he just melts in flames in front of me. God damn it. Oh, man, that was epic. I love that. Absolutely love that. And I do have a second attack. Well, now it's time for fucking Barry's second attack. I have three. I didn't. Do what? I didn't 
think you would be able to do that much damage in one hit, Barry. Yeah, leave, let me kill John. You want to kill John? I was going to cast Searing Smite on John, but I will hold off. I will just attack him regularly with my greatsword. Cool, thank you so <laughs> yes. much, Barry. I will, I will hold that. There's 14 plus 7, so 22 damage. Well, you have to roll the hit first. Oh, yeah, roll so the come hit. come on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 11. Because I still have What's the plus 9. What's your plus nine. to hit? 9? Yeah, so 11. 3 plus 9, so 12. That's oh, just going to miss. Oh. And Zoltar slash John lives to see another day. Damn. Maybe. Stupid three. Maybe, because we're now going to go down to Merlin prior to the Illithid's turn. God, that was fucking epic. It's my turn now. And how many are there? Two. Two. One and a half, really. You know what? I'm going to go for the half one. And they're up next, so you better finish one off. Otherwise, the half one's up next? Well, they're both up next. Yeah, oh. one's farther back, and that's the fire dude, or the red dude. Purple is still closest to you, which is who Johnny wants to finish. And I killed Blue. I fucking wrecked Blue's world. I didn't just kill him. I, I think the, the best way for Zoltar to die is by seven berserkers of Valhalla. I agree. Oh my agree. god. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Purple is pretty low already because of the goddamn <laughs> berserkers, plus uh, he did bad on the fireball. I'm doing um, Eldritch Blast. I'm going to do two on the low guy and then one on the other guy. Cool. Okay. Uh, so roll alt to hit, please. We haven't even used our orbs yet. Sean used a couple to summon a an ice thing. Oh yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Oh shit! Wow. So Merlin. Uh, so I'm assuming the first two are both going to go to purple, and the last one's going to go to red. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, one's one's going to the weak. No, shoot. Um, two's going to the weak dude, and one's going to the other dude. Which kill my guy? The middle one obviously misses because it's a nat one. I so. want I want the weak dude to die. Okay, I was trying to take him out respectfully. So man. you shoot two at the purple. I'm not being respectful, man. <laughs> at John, <laughs> and then the last one shoots at Red Rob. Um, so go ahead and roll damage. the The middle one's obviously gonna miss with your nat one, but you got a 23 towards Zoltar. Uh, you got a 23 towards Rob. Uh, John, and you've got a 21 at Rob, and then you got a nat one that misses uh, Zoltar. So, this one hits. That's the damage for the first one. Still alive. So, uh, uh, John's still alive. Nine, and then a ten for the other dude. And, uh, yeah, so you shoot these two beams. One, uh, Well, you shoot three beams, but one just goes so wide that it's Kind of, you, we don't even want to talk about it. It's I kind of embarrassing. accidentally hit Johnny in the butt. <laughs> just, just like a little. It doesn't do any damage, but it just kind of like sparks his butt, and he looks back like, "What the fuck was that?" It puts a nice fucking hole in my pelts, my skinny pelts. <laughs> oh yeah, it just puts a little <laughs> so just a circle I, hole. And now I'm upset because I just made these new ones. His his bare ass cheeks are hanging out. Now he's going for me. So you just see some like blue ass cheeks. <laughs> Yeah. I got I got half a chat. <laughs> <laughs> I got one ass so. cheek chat. <laughs> you got anything else before I go down to my fire Wait, turn, which is gonna really fuck everybody's action. world up? Those is one action. 
Um, is anyone looking bad right now? No. I'm good. Bonus. Can can I I can heal. I can heal. Tiana's pretty good. Slime. You know what? I forgot to roll Tiana's hit uh thing. Initiative. Just roll it. Fourteen. Oh, I'm gonna have Tiana go before the things. <laughs> Tiana's gonna kill everybody. Oh yeah. My my freaking heal doesn't reset on my short rest. Don't worry, Dustin. Dustin's here too to heal everybody, so don't forget about him. I only got five more um, heal dice, guys. Yeah, well, like I said, we got Dustin here too floating around up in the sky. I'm floating? No. Oh, no. Dustin, yeah, that's, the angel. Yeah. <laughs> the stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so he's there to heal. Oh, us. yeah. That's all I got. That's all I Fuck. got. Fuck. What is Dustin's initiative? Do you want me to roll a berry? Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, because my roll's been cut of shit. A seven. Uh, <laughs> it, which will be before oh, the elephant. We won't oh, even shit. have to fight elephants. Dude. <laughs> Fuck, you guys <laughs> got, got so a lot of teammates. <laughs> this is a lot of moving parts in here. Okay, so real quick, uh, Merlin, is Merlin done? Yes. Okay. Tiana is going to kind of assess the situation, and it looks like most people are uh, getting getting pretty tore up um what she is going to do is she felt she had so much fun last time casting haste on clyde that again she's just gonna run to clyde and just give him one more quick haste uh so clyde you will be hasted for one minute starting your next turn and then the uh dustin the deva is going to run up to what is everybody's? Does anybody need healing? No, everybody's. Uh, I I have. I would take some healing. I wouldn't say no. Okay. I'm at ninety seven um, out of one or ninety two out of one forty seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then cool, definitely, yeah. Uh, Dustin the Deva robot uh, angel is going to uh, just kind of really casually glide over to Clyde and is going to. I, I rolled for it, and I was going to take the higher of the two. It's, like, default is 20. Yeah, default And I rolled a 20. So I was going to take the higher of whatever was better, but they're both 20. So uh, it's going to uh, just glide over to Clyde, put both its hand on your shoulders, just give you a little quick neck rub, Clyde. Nice. Oh, like on a... Uh, what's that fucking baseball movie with the angels? Angels in the outfield. Angels in the outfield is giving them shoulder rub. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and you feel 20 points of hit points reinvigorated. Fuck yeah. And then Tiana runs over to you and gives you haste. So you again chug all those Red Bulls. But however, it is now first and foremost the Mind Flayer turn. And there is, of course, John, aka Zoltar, and Rob, aka Powerhelm. And the red mind flare in the back finishes that lock and flips it upward, uh, turns towards you all, as well as John. And I think the first thing it's going to do is they are both going to use their... It's kind of like the bread and butter of mind flares. It's their best attack, and it's also they can't do it all the time. It's kind of like a recharge ability. Remember, I'm ghost stepping. Okay. And, and Clyde's on the ceiling. Too. On a ceiling, ghost step. So. Turtle's defense. Everybody but Clyde, because this is a 60-foot cone. This is going to cover this entire room. Everybody but Clyde 
please make me an intelligence saving throw. I'm gonna do it just for just for fun though. <laughs> my intelligence is shit. My intelligence is plus zero. Oh. Same. Eighteen. I got a six. <laughs> I got a three. <laughs> so, how does this work with the? Because I'm assuming you're about to cast the psionic ability, right? Yeah. What's your tattoo, dude? So, Barry. It says absorbing tattoo. When you take psychic damage, you can use your reaction to gain immunity against that instance of that damage, and you regain half of the damage amount as hit points instead, and then the reaction is only used once, and it can't be used again until the next dawn. Yeah, I'm going to use my reaction, too. Oh, you got that, too, Sean? Reaction, uh, surround yourself with a shield of ice, granting resistance to all damage types, except for psychic. Uh, Oh, this is psychic. Yeah. My tattoo Fuck me. is psychic Fuck me. <laughs> but what is the hit right there? Because I rolled a 12. Well, a 6 so and 12. There, we were but. looking for a 15 saving throw. Okay. So I'm going to have to use this charge then. Oh, wait. Let me roll uh, Tiana's real quick. Uh, at, that's actually a 14 plus. That th- I didn't. I rolled the, her check instead of her saving throw. So Tiana's actually going to save against that. So, Altrex, if you activate your your tattoo, then Charges this is what's going to happen to Ubo and Merlin. Oh, God. As these beams of, again, it's like that cone, just like Jeremy did back when he stole the orbs from you four. This psionic cone washes over you, and... Merlin and Ubo, you are both going to take 52 points of psychic damage oh, from both yeah. of them combined. It's both of their attacks combined. And then you are both stunned for a minute. I can't defend against it. At the end of your turn, you can try to end the stun. Are Merlin and uh, Ubo next to each other? They are. They're, they're both kind of back in the inches of the room. And let me see if you take... If you a say 19? You, it doesn't say you take half. A what 19? Wait, you got a 19, Sean? Yeah! Oh, yeah, you got a 19? Yeah, no, you're good, Sean. You didn't get it. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you got an 18. But still. Yeah, 18 so good. We were looking for a 15. Okay. Merlin. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, so it's just Merlin. It's just Merlin. Sorry, I completely... I was looking at Altrex instead of Ubo, and then Altrex used his tattoo, so I was a little confused. I apologize. It is only Merlin. So, Merlin, I am sorry that you take 52 points of psychic yeah, damage. Yeah, I took it. I took it. And you're stunned. But then we go back up to the initiative order, which is, I believe, Ubo is first. Oh, these guys are so fucked. And then Tiana. Yes, Tiana. And Tiana is also not stunned. So it's just one of them left, right, Rob? No, two. It's two. The red one, Rob, is still looking pretty good. And John is looking like real bad. I'm going to send my ice elemental at John. Okay. Uh, you got the, the thing still pulled up? Two attacks, yeah. You can also shoot icicles at people, Sean. I don't know if you saw that, but it doesn't do as much damage as slam. I'm going to do two slams again. A 24. See, 
Sean, do you see how that does that? How it rolls to GM? So nobody else can see your rolls except for me. And I don't know why it they does that. They both hit, though, boys. They definitely <laughs> both hit. You rolled a 24. Damn. And a 25. Damn. <laughs> First one's going to go at John. No, both of them. Both of them at John. Yeah, what's it look like when that second strike slams John down to the ground and kills him? He turns completely to mush. He just, he just like, it's very graphic. It's he turns into a puddle of just fucking blue blood. It gets scattered all over me too because I'm standing right next to him. According to uh, Lauren Poor, anyways. And that was just your your fucking summon. So now what? He, what does Ubo and what does Grease do? Grease is gonna shoot another uh, turret attack at. Mr. Rob. You guys are like fucking illithid killing machines now. Yeah, we are. And we're only 13th level. Imagine if we were 20. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him with that. Arcane turret. You rolled a 15, and I believe it's plus your spellcasting modifier. Well well 15's gonna hit it no matter what. It's armor class is 15. Okay. So you are gonna hit Rob. Uh so what kind of damage are we looking at? I think you can click it. It's D8 plus your intelligence modifier. Nine damage. Nine damage and it, it, it knocks him back five feet. Oh, yeah. So it slams him back against that, like, spiky-looking wall that looks very out of place from the rest of this laboratory. And then... And then what does Ubo yourself do? Kick him in the dick. It's fucking turtle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit him with wall of fire. <laughs> You're gonna put a wall on fire. I'm gonna fuck Rob up. <laughs> oh shit! So I, th- I believe that means that I make a. Dex saving throw? Dex 17. <laughs> oh, you can't even see this because it rolled to GM, but it was a it was a one plus a one. A two total. Nope. <laughs> You're fucked. You're dead. Oh fuck, he might Damn, he's still alive. Like he tries to dodge out of the way of this fire wall. Uh, just is not nowhere near close enough to being fast enough. And uh, he, like his entire body, he's naked now. I mean, that's that's a given. He's completely naked. He's nude. Ew! All of his clothes have burned I up. I forgot about our orbs. That's gross. I'm saving it for the final I'm battle, bro. Mine too. Yeah, he saved those. Yeah. But, Sean, uh, we are using the Efridi on your turn, also. Yep, I forgot about shit. Him. Oh shit! <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I want to do something. I don't want to just hurl two flames at him again because that's fucking boring. Let me see what, some fun shit I can do. Oh, it can, like, oh, man, this thing can cast, like, Wall of Flame and Plane Shift and shit, too. Dude, um, genie knows, man. This thing is going to run up to Rob and glide and fly up to Rob. And it is going to, just with its big, large, kind of comically large scimitar. And it's got a plus 10 hit. That's pretty fucking wild. Wow, well, that was bad. But the second one is going to hit. 
Uh, so the first roll was a 13 total, which is not going to miss, or it's not going to hit uh, Rob. But the second was a 17 total, which will hit Rob for a total of 2d6 plus 6. Uh, 8? Whoa! It maxed it out! It was 2d6 plus 6, and it rolled 18 damage. Wow. It was max damage it could possibly roll. It All rolled the way a across 2d6 the on the 2d6 plus 6, 18. This thing had 13 health left. I'm a freebie in a bottle, baby. baby. Well, come, yeah, the come, fucking come on comes in clutch. Yeah. And the first swing of its scimitar misses, and it kind of feels a little embarrassed, feels a little bad. But then it makes up as it brings back with like an uppercut slash diagonal slash, and it completely cuts Rob in half. And then like the uh, Resident Evil 1 movie, (laughs) Rob stands standing for a second, and then just slowly slides down in his top half. Slides off. Dude. And then you all hear uh, in your minds, Oh, dang. I lied about two things. About how many mind flares were down here and also of my link with Yiltid. It's a little bit longer than the five miles I initially said. Now. I'm going to pull the explosive trap us, <laughs> traps down here. Now, now. <laughs> yeah. Gonna- well, as soon as you all hear telepathically this word now, you hear this crashing noise and you see a large green beam of light about 30 feet in diameter and it's cutting its way down through the stone above you. And as... All of this stone is cut away. There's this wide gaping hole in the rock of the Underdark as the pieces are being... They're not like being like cut and like falling down towards you all. They're being disintegrated. And you realize that this large, jagged-looking wall in front of you isn't being vaporized like the rest of the wall around it is. And instead of this big, gape, like jagged wall in front of you being vaporized... It doesn't look like it's actually a wall or stone at all. And now that you've got a better look at it, you see that this wall in front of you is now slowly starting to shift and stir as this green beam of light is cut in from the sky above. And now you can see the the sky above you all. You can see the night sky with the stars dotting the sky above you, and you see this big green beam coming down, and you see that wall start to stand up. Hello, everybody. It is your Dungeon Master, Adam DeWeese here. Thank you all so much for listening to the... I guess this would be the penultimate episode, uh, because next up is going to be the finale. Now the finale may end up getting split into two parts. Not sure yet, as we have not yet recorded it, but it's coming up soon, and it's uh, bittersweet to see it come and go. But first, 
we've got some more of this episode left to go. Uh, and before that, we've also got a few sponsors for this week's episode. Starting first with Abide Asteria. You know, us over here on the Majestic Goose Network love trying out new tabletop RPG systems. And we are so excited to try out Abide Asteria. Abide Asteria has a lot of things that you would probably come to expect from a TTRPG, but also a lot of really cool things that are super unique I've never seen in another system, and I've tried a lot of different systems before. How about number one, it being completely free to play. Completely free. You don't even need to make an account or anything. They don't even serve ads on their website. Uh, and that's right, I mentioned their website because this is a web-based system. If you go to AbideAsteria.com, that is a B I D E A S T E R I A dot com. You get access to everything. You get access to their guidebook. You get access to all of their player creation rules and you can create characters from there. You can get uh, background information on the lore and the setting and also the, all the rules. Everything completely free. Only thing you need to play is a deck of standard playing cards. Uh, because this is a free-to-play card-based TTRPG. It's inspired by the Saga system. No need to buy any special cards. All the rules are compatible with just using regular standard playing cards. It is sci-fi, but also with fantasy elements like magic elves, dragons. There are tons of playable races, including a half-dog, which that will be my first choice, I do believe. As a software developer myself, I have been completely just uh, blown away by the website. The user experience is amazing, super snappy website, really loving how easy it is to use and to navigate around and to find whatever it is I am looking for at that moment. And they need your all's help. All of you, if you're listening to this, you can help them out right now because Abide Asteria is currently playable, but it is also still in development. And they would love to get other people involved uh, to kind of branch out, get some new people playing the system, get some more feedback, and to help make this system even better. We will be playing a game on a stream coming up uh, relatively soon. When I say relatively soon, I mean probably within a month or two, I would imagine. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, they will also be doing an interview on Dice Talk soon to talk more about the system. Very excited for that. And again, you can help out right now by going to AbideAsteria.com. And I'll also put a link in the show notes below. Uh, go there and just if you're wanting to try out a new system, uh, definitely give this one a check because it is uh, fantastic. I can't wait to dive in and try it myself. Our next sponsor up is Podcorn. Podcorn, of course, is the advertisement platform for podcasts of all sizes, small, medium, large. It does not matter. You can set up an account on Podcorn right now today. And within a matter of minutes, you can start to reach out to a wide, huge variety of sponsors that are currently looking for podcasts to pair up with. You send off your pitches to those podcasts, tell them about your show, tell them why you think it would be a good fit, and set your ad rate for uh, whether you want to do a mid-roll, pre-roll, guest interview, giveaway. There's a lot of different options for you. And then you send off your pitch. And if they accept it, then you record the ad, send it off to them for review, and then you get paid. It's really as simple as that. Uh, this next sponsor coming up after the Podcorn sponsor is actually from Podcorn. So it, it really does work and it's super easy to use. We've been using it for, uh, I, I want to say, nearly a year now, I think, and have had nothing but amazing success with it. And we suggest it to every single person who has a podcast, no matter what size it is. Uh, so again, go to podcorn.com or click the link in the show notes below. 
set up your account and start shooting off some pitches. And last but certainly not least, I cannot wait to tell you all about Cast Party. Cast Party is a pretty new D&D podcast, but let me tell you, their concept alone is so unique. Haven't seen anything like it. I've listened to uh, a bit of it now, and I cannot recommend it enough. The quality, the humor, everything about it, the uh, the players themselves, the director slash DM is all grade A, top notch. Go check it out. I say director because the story of Cast Party is that there are uh, members of a Hollywood crew in real world Hollywood that are filming a fantasy movie, Dungeons and Dragons-esque, and then they just so happen to get sucked into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. And then we get to see these players uh, try to come to be with these new powers and visit these very new places as they explore the world. Seriously, go check them out. Follow them on, on social media, and you can listen to them wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, podcast places. And here, right before we get back into the story, I'm just going to leave you all with a uh, short 30-second ad so you can just get a little taste of Cast Party. What just, what just happened? What is happening? Welcome to Fendrea. Like, was this the first time you've killed a human being? He only had 11 health. Oh, God! <laughs> oh, my God. You just killed that man. Who can say? You need to think about what you're fighting for. Cast Party, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. And for today, that's a wrap. What? 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 He was dead! Uh, and there we are going to hold off on any more of the adventure as you four are going to uh, level up from 13 to 15. And I promise you we're going to need every bit of those levels. So uh, it's good timing. Uh, who wants to kick things off and uh, do their um, level 14 and 15, what they get um, first? I bet you mine's the worst out of everybody's. So, so I'll do go first, first to start it off. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we start with the low bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bar is not very high on this. The first thing that I get which is my 14th level, is Cleansing Touch, which I can use an action to end any spell on myself or any creature that I touch. And I can use that as many times as I have a Charisma modifier before I have okay. to long rest and rejuvenate it. So I can end, I don't, know, it's like, I don't know if that counts as curses or anything, but like spells, I guess, just whatever. Yeah. So does that okay. mean like if a Mind Flayer flays one of their minds i can end the spell if i touch them like fix their brains End one spell on yourself uh so you could use that to like end a stun or something similar yeah sweet okay so that's not terrible that's good it's going not terrible yeah what would you get at uh 15 it sounds cool it's called soul of vengeance but it does sound very cool it, it just says it, it says my, my the authority by which I speak my vow of enmity gives greater power over my foe, so I can intimidate a foe better if I say it with more authority. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's just like I gotta yell at him now. I guess when I cast my vow of enmity, 
Yeah, so uh, the crux of that one is that whoever you mark with your vow of enmity, um, now, whenever they make an attack, you can use your reaction to make a, a melee weapon attack against them, too. So it kind of gives you like a free opportunity attack without them needing to move out of your range and instead with them just needing to make an attack. It, it is pretty lackluster I, for I, I a little 15 you, yeah. feet. It really is. So I didn't set the bar high, guys. Just well, I mean, you also you. got you also got one more uh, spell slot for a fourth level spell slot. So now you got two instead of one. Two fourth level spell slots and my health went up to 124 HP. So. I can take Ooh. a couple. I can take a couple shots. I'm gonna call it. I think Clyde's probably got the most HP. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he does. So Uba Merlin Clyde, who's up on. I think Merlin wants to go last. Merlin's shaking his head. Uh, <laughs> Uba Clyde. Well, I just have to do. Okay. What's uh? What's the uh, artificer get? Uh, I got another magic item, and I picked another infusion. Infusion, yes. Uh, gloves of missile snaring. Missile snaring. Yep. It says I can catch missiles. <laughs> it means okay. I think I think everybody on this Zoom call right now pictured like fucking surface to air missiles. This is like bow and arrow arrows and shit. Uh, well, I mean, maybe also cruise missiles. Uh, cruise missiles. If, Homing yeah. missiles. Cruise <laughs> missiles. <laughs> uh okay cool yeah so i think you can you catch are those the items that can just uh catch them or can you also like throw them back it says these gloves seem to meld to your hands um range attack hits you you can use your reaction to reduce the damage uh 1d10 plus your dexterity modifier um if you reduce it to zero you can catch the missile and that's all it says (laughs) <laughs> oh, it cuts off. I, I'm almost positive that those are, if you reduce it to zero, you catch it and throw back at them. Yeah, um, it doesn't say that. Oh, maybe that's but just maybe, a thing. We'll just say that's what it happens. I like it. Yeah. And I th- I don't think I got anything else. Oh, you're, uh, Sean and I were looking at this before uh, everybody else got on the call. Um, your Grease can be a tanky boy now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where is that? I wanted to read it. Yeah. I don't see it. It should be your level 15 thing, I think. Oh, yeah, and I do get a couple more spells. Shit. It is called Fortified Position. And I thought this was kind of cool, actually. A little bit better than Barry's uh, all Texas. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and your allies now have half cover while within 10 feet of Grease. I'm picturing Merlin and Ubo getting a lot of action in on this. Anytime that you are within 10 feet of Grease, you'll get uh, half cover, which boils down to you getting a plus two to your armor class and dexterity saving throws, uh, which is pretty cool. And then also, um, Sean, I don't know if you saw the second part of this fortified position. So it says you're a master at forming a well-defended emplacements using Eldritch Cannon. Um, you and your allies have half cover within 10 feet of your cannon. And then the second bullet point says, and I quote, you can now have two cannons at the same time. 
You create two cannons with the same action. What? Um, and you can activate both of them as the same bonus action. Well, that's pretty dope. You've got two greases now. And my prepared spell that I chose for a fourth level is freedom of movement. Oh, cool. That'll, I feel like that's going to come in handy. I don't know. In this last one. I think so, too. I think that really might. And also, I'm just still thinking that um, somehow, after you guys killed these three Mind Flayers, you built a second Grease real quick somehow. Yeah, how did I do that? So I got two (laughs) Greases? Yeah, I don't don't know. I don't know how you did that. Uh, Hmm. Because it's going to be pretty quick uh, between now and the finale. Maybe Grease just uh, shat out a baby. Um. There was okay. an egg in him the whole time. Uh, Merlin or Clyde, who is ready up next? I can go next. All right, Clyde, what you got? So starting off, looks like my health went up to 151. Ooh, Dang. baby. And then 14th level, I got Vengeful Ancestors, which means uh, my my ghost peeps can fight with me now. It says, when you use your spirit shield to reduce the damage of an attack, the attacker takes an amount of force damage equal to the damage that your spirit shield prevents. Ooh, so it's like a reflective Yeah, so whatever now. he gets hit with, it goes back. Yeah, so I think I think in fiction, in the lore, uh, like in the image, it'll be if your ghost dad gets hit by something now, he'll also be able to manifest some kind of axe or sword or something and uh, make a retaliatory strike. Yeah, I got persistent rage. My rage is so fierce that it ends early only if I fall unconscious or if I choose to end it. And uh, I I do believe we talked about this just right before we actually all hit record. Johnny said he wants it to be noted. He is always raging. At all times. (laughs) At all times. Uh, so Cladish is always very angry. Unless someone knocks my ass out, and then I get back up and just rage out again. Yeah, uh, like the Smash Mouth song. Um, <laughs> Barry, did you get new spells? By the way, uh, no, no new spells. No, oh, okay, just a, the, just a second spell slot. Yeah, for uh, fourth, fourth, level, level slot. fourth level. Well, you didn't get to pick a spell. Maybe. Um. Uh. One. Yes, one. So yeah, I have nine. If you want to pick prepared, one, so yeah, um, Merlin, are you ready to go? While, yeah, I'll go uh, ahead. Um, I don't know. It says my rolled HP. I only put like eight in there, so I'm guessing I, I'll just go with the fixed HP. Yeah, I always just let D and D Beyond do my HP whenever yeah. I. So one twenty three is my fixed HP now. I got a new. Well, let's do 14th level first. 14th level, I got this Searing Vengeance. Uh, the Radiant Energy I channel allows you to resist death when you have to make a death saving throw at the start of your turn. Instead, you could spring back to your feet with a burst of Radiant Energy. You regain hit points equal to half your max hit points. Oh, shit. And then you stand up if you so choose. Why wouldn't I choose that? <laughs> Each creature of your choice that is within 30 feet of you takes radiant damage, though, equal to 2d8 plus my charisma modifier and is blinded until my next turn. 
that and you can use that once per long rest that effectively gives you one and a half of your hp because if you got 130 and you lose all 130 your next turn instead of rolling a death saving throw you can pop back up in a rainbow and you're back up with 75 hp yeah that's crazy or or 65 hp is something around there <coughs> that's a really good again m- noticeably better than all tracks a little bit <laughs> i, I told you my this <laughs> Just is what it is, man. I will say I did have a new spell that I didn't see, but I chose it. Oh, cool. And I ended up going with, I went with Aura of Purity. And that, for it's got a duration up to 10 minutes, and it casts an Aura of Purifying Energy in a 30-foot radius around me and any non-hostile creature, which means you guys in the circle cannot become diseased. You have resistance to poison damage. And everybody has advantage on saving throws against any effects that cause blindness, being charmed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, or stunned. That's nice. Yeah, that's really good. So let them freaking my then, players try to stun um, you. Merlin, for your level 15, um, I'm just looking at your thing, and it looks like you got two things. 15, I got Mystic Arcanum, and I picked Demiplane. And I'll read that. You choose a... Oh, you create a shadowy door on a flat, solid surface uh, that I can see within range. The door is large enough to allow a medium creature to pass through. Uh, when open, the door leads to a demiplane that appears to be an empty room of 30 feet in each uh, dimension made of wood or stone. When the spell ends, the door disappears and each creature... Or object inside the demi plane remains trapped there. Oh, also the that's door fun. disappears on the other side. And then I saw that you also get one new invocation. Did you pick that? No, no. Oh, it's popping oh, up shit. here. Well, let me show you my spell. I picked a spell. Let me show you that first, and then I'll look at that real quick. Okay, you did. Yep, you got one new spell and one new invocation. What's your new spell? I can't. I don't know how to say this. Dance, but it's with an S. Dance and macabre. Dance. <laughs> dance. Uh, it's still dance macabre, I think. Or ma- ma- <laughs> dance macabre. Dance. Dance macabre. Well, who the hell's Dan? Macab. This um, this spell is a really long one, but uh, long story short, I anyone like around me, the corpses. Uh, stand up and become undead and i can like um get into get into some dark magic there aren't you merlin kind of goes with your goes with your shaved hair and and fucking rough rugged look dipping his toes in that tattooed life um and i don't know exactly where you can see your invocations i'm guessing you probably know better than i do man i got so many yeah you this is your seventh I'll do the I'll do the flesh one. Sculptor flesh, it can do polymorph, yeah. Polymorph. Alright, so now uh Merlin can polymorph. Alright. Uh well, uh now with all of those level ups we should be at least a little bit better fitted and geared up for this uh finale that is going to be taking place 
Um, presumably two weeks from now. Are we going to heal up or should I stay at 43 hit points? Why the hell are you at 43 hit points? I don't know. Dude, well, because you guys fought a bunch of fucking mind flayers. Oh, yeah, I'm at 116. So, yeah, we're going to try to get the finale out in two weeks. Um, I think we could probably get that uh, if if we have to... If we have to push it back a, a week or two, I apologize, but uh definitely want to make sure that we l- really stick the landing on this. Yeah, so thank you all for listening, and uh we'll uh, see you all in the finale here very soon, whether it's two, three, or four weeks in that time frame, I promise. We'll get there eventually. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there eventually, and then we'll be hitting campaign two like a month or two later. Uh We don't know how long our... uh break is going to be but um yes uh thank you all for listening and uh good luck you four um thanks it's gonna be fun we're gonna need it Everybody, it's your Dungeon Master. I'm DeWeese yet again. Thank you all so much for listening to this penultimate episode and a special shout out and thank you to all of our current patrons. So thank you so much. Chris B, Tiana H, Lawful Stupid Podcast, Robert C, Bradley M, Brittany D, Christian S, Danny T, Jeremy Fair, Lucky Strike, Mitch B, Something Wicked, Zoltar, Bay Area Beer Socials, Cameron D, Farty McFry, Jurundu, Hot Ketchup, Jean Lorber, Jim Jorian Drake, Mindweave RPG, Mosey, Remus S, and Tanya S. Thank you, patrons, all so, so much. I'm just thinking, I think I shouted out a couple of these newer patrons on the last episode, uh, but because we've been kind of spotty with our drops, I'm not 100% sure, but thank you, Mosey, Chris B, Hot Ketchup, and Chris S. You four are the most recent uh, so I want to make sure that I spotlight you all this episode. Uh, speaking about spotty episode drops, I apologize for that. I've uh, been selling my house and getting ready to move to a new house, but I think most of that is behind me now. So we should be able to uh, get back on track, at least for this finale, uh, before we take our break between campaign one and campaign two. But I am sorry about the uh, the missed episode last time. Hope it's worth it, though. Hope you enjoyed this one. I know I did, and I know I'm very excited for the next one. If you have not yet left us a five-star rating review, we would absolutely love for you to do that. Such as Hot Ketchup, which I can only assume is the same Hot Ketchup from our uh, Patreon, who says, Good Lord, dot, 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 what have I gotten into? These guys are exactly the type of players I've been looking for for a long time. The character immersion is very good. They have different voices and personalities for their characters and NPCs. I've binged all the seasons twice. And I'm a hard critic of podcasts. Uh, keep the episodes coming. Thank you so much, Hot Ketchup, for that review. We love seeing these. And we're creeping up on 100, everybody. We are on 87. Uh, and that, well, that's 87 total internationally. If you're looking in just your region, um, I believe when I look on 
Uh, my phone, it just says like 74 because those are from US. Uh, but total, we are at 87, almost 100. So excited to hit that number. I said somewhere in one of the episodes when we hit 100 ratings and reviews, I will get a Halfway to Heroes tattoo. And I guarantee I still will do that. So please keep those coming. Big announcements. We have got our Extra Life 24-hour to charity stream event coming up April 9th through the 10th. I am both very nervous and very excited for that. Last time, I slept like two hours the entire 24 hours, and it was pretty rough. But holy cow, it was also very fun. So tune in for that. You can go to bit.ly slash goose2021 right now. I'll probably put a link in the notes below also. Uh, if you donate just $1, you will be entered into d- over a dozen amazing giveaways. Last year, we had so many giveaways that by the end of the event, we were just kind of doing a giveaway like every 15, 20 minutes because we had so many prizes still left over to give away. And we ended up with, I think, like... uh I don't know exactly the number of donors we had, but I think it was like around 100. But we had like 20 prizes to give away. So you had like a one in five shot of winning something. It was amazing. And I think it's going to be similar to that this year. So seriously, go donate at least a dollar or more. Help us hit our goal of $3,000. Every single dollar really will count for that. Uh, So uh, go help us out. Another big announcement. Whoa, two big announcements. One episode is we have got a Doom Clock launch date. Finally. This one was supposed to launch back in February, and we were waiting for the uh, the rules to actually be released so that we could not just use the quick play rule set that was launched. And we are going to be doing our very first Session Zero of Doom Clock next Friday, April 2nd. Tune in then. You're not going to want to miss it. Doom Clock, of course, is the time-traveling horror comedy show featuring the Shiver TTRPG system with myself as the GM. So it's going to be a brand new, it's going to be my second ever homebrew uh, story. Uh, very excited to tell it. It's going to be a stream and also a podcast, so make sure you check that out. Speaking of podcasts, if you have not yet, you should head over and listen to the Redacted Reports. The Redacted Reports is a Delta Green uh, TTRPG podcast with an amazing cast of the handler and the players are all fantastic it is a truly immersive of role play and absolutely expertly edited uh with masterfully crafted uh sound effects throughout the entire episode seriously go check it out it's pretty new um as of the podcast feed it's been out for just a few months now there are 16 episodes out uh so it's perfect time to jump in and start to binge that now Uh, so again that's the redacted reports tiana from roll for weird is in that one and she also edits it go check it out promise you won't regret it and i am done talking uh this was a very long outro and we had a kind of a long mid-roll too i apologize sorry that this episode itself the content was a little short but we're wrapping things up. We're about to uh, really do the finale, and uh, it's bittersweet. We've got some details on Campaign 2. If you haven't yet, we posted our logo in our Discord, so go join the Discord. You can find the link below. If you're not following us on Twitch, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Majestic Goose Network. And just thank you all so much for listening, and we will talk to you all later. Bye, everybody. The blue one. Zoltar and Sash. Sash, you're done for. They're both like bad alien names, man.
They have Purple names. Purple Zoltar, red oh as Rob. Oh my god! Wait, what's they're the... named after the patrons? So now you okay. guys gotta feel extra bad about what's, calling our patrons. What are the other? What's the other one? Sash Zoltar, uh, who? R- red is Rob, which is Power Helm, and <laughs> purple is purple is John, which is Zoltar. I love how I attacked Rob first. <laughs> yeah, like like John the Illithid, I could make friends with him. Hey, I did tree work for uh, an Illithid before. Yeah, why just his butt, man? Why why did you just pick his butt? Well, it was it was dad. It was dad. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe the green it fire. It was dad. Barry <laughs> said it was dad. It was dad. Maybe maybe it was daddy Revoita. <laughs> maybe maybe the green fire ran out after he was like done with the butt cheeks and he couldn't get it to come back <laughs> but, on. But so why did like, he start shit. on the butt? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe he didn't like, figure out how to do it. Maybe he had it was a, on the butt. Maybe he had a lumpy piece of metal and he was like, this kind of looks like a butt. And he just started <laughs> shaping it, you know? It started with that. <laughs> Roberto, what a rascal. <laughs> a Majestic Goose Podcast. Honk. Honk.